everybody and welcome to episode 17 of the podcast. A warm welcome to any returning listeners and a welcome to any new listeners that have joined us today. I hope you'll enjoy uh, your time with us and uh, we'll come back for more at some point. Thank you to everyone who has been in contact uh, with me since I last podcasted. It's uh, great to hear from you all and I've been very much enjoying um, chatting with people on Twitter especially. So do come and say hello, don't be shy. There's been an awful lot of love for my uh, little pointy-nosed, snorkel-faced co-host who was reasonably vocal on the last episode. Both of the dogs are in the room at the moment, although he's, um, he's lying on the couch and he's asleep with his head on a pillow looking quite regal for a change is our Bowser. He's um, usually sleeps like he's dead. You know, you get that kind of comedy cartoon, something's dead so it's on the back with their feet in the air and that obviously means that it's dead. Well, that's what he sleeps like with, with his legs kind of akimbo. He's got absolutely no style whatsoever. But at the moment he seems to be reclined on um, on the couch with his head on a pillow like it's a Shay Long, I think pretty much so we'll see how we get on obviously the more i talk the more chance there is that he'll just start chipping in um but seeing as you all seem to like that quite a lot um then i, I hope you won't mind if he if he joins in this time well since the last time that i podcasted summer seems to have briefly arrived in the kingdom of five uh, and then it promptly left and i had to put the heating back on um the, the weather is very changeable up here it's quite crazy but I have been continuing in my mission to uncover all the local hidden gems, both in the fibre world and um, generally. Dundee is, is the next place, or well it was the next place on my list to conquer, but after a bit of a run-in with a crazy shop assistant in Marks and Spencers of all places, I'm not entirely sure I'll be going back to the high street there. Um, but I have um, been looking around the, the woolly offerings in Dundee and I've made quite a kind of large bum-shaped dent in the sofa at Fluff um, which whenever I see it I always think flumps I've got a bit of a thing about flumps at the moment um, Fluff is spelt F-L-U-P-H and it is a reasonably new yarn shop and it's on the Blackness Road in Dundee which is one of like the big roads that, that runs out from the city centre kind of up out into the Bondu really to the north and it's run by a lady called Leona who's absolutely lovely so after my running with the crazy shop assistant at Marks and Spencers um, I, I promptly gave up on my mission to find a suit and, and went back off in a huff back to back to Fluff even though I spent an hour and a half in there I, I went up to say hello and, and parked up and promptly spent an hour and a half knitting socks and chatting to Leona and then I was like yeah I'm gonna have to you know go and try and find a suit because that's actually what I came to town for and if I go home without I'm gonna be in a lot of trouble Um anyway I went home without a suit thanks to crazy Max and Spencer's lady Um but I also went home with some yarn so I went back to Leona's shop and said I, I need I need to get some yarn his new project I need some new yarn because I'm I'm, I'm I'm upset now it's, crazy woman shouting at me and Marks and Spencers for daring to ask her to do her job and um yeah so so it was all fine once I've been back there and had a bit of a chat with her and, and bought some yarn and gone home with my little my little screen printed bag it says fluff on it I was very happy so um I will review uh, the yarn shop uh fluff at some point I do have a yarn shop review 
for you later in the episode but it is one from Edinburgh because I'm still working my way through my new yarn shop back catalogue. There's also a plan um, to go over to Glasgow at the end of the month and meet up with um, Louise Scully and Claire Devine and Carrie Bookish. Carrie, Karina Westerman, who, who actually listens to the podcast. I was just massively like, oh my God, you listen to my podcast. That's crazy. Because um, she's not famous. And we're going to go over and, and check out the new yarn shops in Glasgow because there's a new yarn shop there called the Queen of Pearls, which opened recently. And I haven't been to see the yarn shops in Glasgow yet. So that's as good an excuse as any for me, frankly. So we're going to go over there, going to have some cake, going to go to the yarn cake, etc. Check out the tea places. It's going to be quite cool. So hopefully I'll have lots and lots of yarn shop reviews for you um, coming up in, in future episodes. Other than that... Um, my re-embracement of the Scottish culture continues at pace. Um, considering I'm, I'm half Scottish, I do not feel Scottish at all. In England, I feel a little bit Scottish. I feel kind of this affinity with Scottish people because I, I am half Scottish. My dad's Scottish. You know, my granny was Scottish. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm really not Scottish at all. It would seem. Um, it's coming into berry season here and they grow loads and loads of fruit in Scotland. They grow delicious raspberries and lots of strawberries and things. And I found a place near the Tay Bridge that does local strawberries um, that are really, really red and shiny and they smell of strawberries unlike some of the supermarket ones which just don't smell of anything because they're still raw. Um, you know what I mean when you get them, get them shipped in from abroad. Anyway, they are delicious. They're so delicious that the entire family's massively into them. And it's costing me a fortune in strawberries because they're not the cheapest. It's not like a farm shop in Lincolnshire where you actually get a good deal. It's it's kind of like you pay more for these ones, which is fine. You know, I think they should get paid for their work. But equally, it's costing me a fortune. So I'm going to have to like, get the kids onto cheapy ones instead, <laughs> I think. Um, but they are delicious. So if you are passing the roundabout that leads to the Tay Bridge, uh, I recommend popping in there because... Uh, they're really really nice really, like I said really big and red and shiny and lovely so I've been enjoying that I've also I mean you hear these stories about battered Mars bars and things in Scotland and it is true you can get them um but I, I've not really fully appreciated the the difference between English curry houses and I've, I've lived in a lot of places I've been to a lot of curry houses I used to live in Manchester I've been to nearly every curry house on the, on the curry mile you know I, I, I think I'm a bit of a connoisseur when it comes to curry and they don't do curry houses very well in this area of Fife I'm not going to lie to you um, but we decided to try the, the nearest one to us which looks really dodgy and a little bit kind of I don't know like they might be on some kind of food hygiene program at some point I don't think they have been but it just gives that general impression and um so I thought we, we, we'll try it out because some of the guys said it was good and we noticed that in in the starters menu uh, you can actually order haggis pakora yeah haggis pakora I didn't think that haggis and curry kind of went together but apparently it does um, but then pakora is just deep fried stuff so it is essentially deep fried haggis, um, but you get it in the Indian instead. So yeah, I'm 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 not gonna lie to you. I'm not gonna try that because I think it'd be a bit greasy. Um, but if you pass in and you fancy something a little bit different, then that curry house clearly is the place to go. 
<laughs> sorry other than that well um i've been in the biggest colossal nitty funk ever for a few months now and if if i ever had a knitting mojo it, 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 along with elvis it, it certainly left the building um and this it's been going on for a while i'm not really sure what's caused it um but it's a big problem at the moment um, it could be to do with all of the kind of ups and downs and turmoil that's going on generally in 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 my life right now um as i mentioned on the last podcast i'm going to be moving house again and um I, I quite often get emails from people saying i don't know how you sound so calm on the podcast because like you've got these kids and these dogs and you're always moving house and it must be really stressful i don't know how you do it um and i will just put it out there right now all of the time when i'm not talking on the podcast it is chaos here i'm not one of these kind of like zen ladies that sits around pinning stuff on pinterest with these freshly scrubbed children and pedigree chum dogs like i've just walked out of a bowden catalogue an air of serenity kind of you know birds landing on my fingers or anything like that it's like a scene from super nanny crossed with dog borstal it's crazy most of the time i look like i've been dragged through a hedge backwards the children are just running around screaming the dogs are trying to trying to eat next door's cats and then getting beaten up and you know and you just feel like everything's just a little bit out of control um that's what it's like most of the time so if i sound quite calm on the podcast that's probably because i've had several gins before recording and it's i've been working myself up to this podcast and i'm like no i'm not going to be frazzled mummy type because podcasts are my um escape from that whole rigmarole thing so <laughs> i try not to talk about them too much on the podcast because of that because i like to kind of zone out from the children um and that is the only reason why i sound quite calm because i feel like I'm, I'm kind of in a different persona i'm acting like a different person and not the person and the reality of my chaotic existence so i would like you all to sit there now and think it's fine i don't need to feel guilty that my life isn't a bowden catalogue because nobody's life is a bowden catalogue and and the, the the mummy guilt and everything else that people pour upon you just let it all go so they all go she's like you know what i don't care i'm gonna have another gin i'm gonna sit down with joe because she won't judge me for having another gin either <laughs> and um, and crack on so thank you all for for saying that i sound very calm but i promise you that is just not it's just not what happens um but it's good that i sound a little bit less less uh, mental on on the podcast but obviously i think all of this other stuff that's going on and everything else has sort of culminated to kind of strangle my creative mojo a little bit which has resulted in a bit of a spate of of binge casting on i think you know if you see people like hollywood would have you think that the answer to your problems if you're feeling a bit depressed is to get a massive tub of ice cream and eat it well i've been doing that but not with ice cream with yarn which is good i think frankly um it's good for good for the local uh, indie dyes anyway and um, <laughs> i've just been trying to cast on things because i keep thinking that if i cast on something else that will make me happy and my, my knitting mojo will come back and it will be fine um for instance i 
I was in this this nitty funk, and I'm just like, I'm in a funk, girls. When we went for the visit to Edinburgh, and and I just didn't know what to do about it, and I thought I'll get some new yarn. So, because that's going to help, isn't it? Adding more to the collection, and I bought some lovely um, fibre space. Uh, I think it was scrumptious, actually scrumptious DK, and it was in teal, the colourway. It was just beautiful gorgeous skeins that I bought from Be Inspired and I decided that if I made a song of the sea coal which is a pattern by Louisa Spangham I will link to it in the show notes who is Inspiration Knits um, it would all be fine a manitin funk would go away and the yarn is gorgeous it's the most beautiful colour and the pattern is lovely and I cast on and I've done half of the first row and I'm not done anything else, so that's not really working. <laughs> and, um, so I cast on some more stuff, and I have counted up ten knitting whips at the moment, four of which are socks. Because someone said, "Oh, just cast on some socks." I was like, "I've got four sets of socks on the go. I can't just keep going buying more sock needles. It's not acceptable, you know." Um, so I'm really not feeling the love and I would love some ideas about how to kind of reinvigorate the mojo really and how to kind of kickstart what I've got going on because I'm also starting to feel now guilty about whips that I've had going on for so long and I kind of feel like if I was telling someone else about it I would say just rip them all out if you don't love them just rip them out just start something else because then the whips are gone therefore the guilt is gone and you can put the yarn back and you can pick out something else and you can just crack on but I don't know whether that will work. Um, I could certainly try it. There's a couple of things I think, you know, I might just rip that out again. But then some of them have been ripped out more than once. So I, and then I feel guilty that I'm doing serial ripping. Um, do you, can you get put in jail from the knitting police for serial ripping? Maybe? I don't know. Anyway. Um, some of the stuff I've got on the needles has been on the needles since I've lived in Africa. I've been back for a year. It, it's... It, it's ridiculous and um, there will be a full sort of post-mortem of, of that in the whipping piccadilly section which will be considerably longer than usual um this time but i would love to hear your thoughts on it really um i think i sort of broke the cycle a little bit um with of all things some zerdar smiley stripes i just saw it in the box and i was just I just thought, oh, I want that. I want to make um, a little V-neck pullover, you know, a little tank top for Sanimal because he had this really cute one that came from some generic supermarket and he's grown out of it, but he looked really cute in it. So I thought, oh, yeah, I'll try that. Um, and it was working really, really well um, and knitting up really fast. And I was like, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, and I've got to the point where I'm right near the end. I just need to like attach the um, the shoulders together and then pick up all the stitches for the uh, the neck and then just knit that and then knit around the arms and sew down the the, the insides. It's done and it's just been thrown there. Um, so yeah, I'd, I'm not really sure what to do about that. So anyway, yarn shop day comes and we went to. Uh, Edinburgh. I went to meet up with Claire Devine of Yarn and Pointy Sticks um, to do a bit of knitting world domination and I also wanted to go past Cathy's Knits because um, Isolde Teague was going to be there and I was like oh I'm going, I'm going to go and kind of say hello you know 
um, be a bit of a fangirl as you do and um, so we went to Cathy's and I wanted to have a longer look around at Cathy's anyway because the last time we went I didn't get enough time to look at everything so I could like write a review on it and so we sat there and we're looking through the books and everything and then then Isolde comes out and she's like talking to some other people and I decided to buy we both decided to buy a copy of Little Red in the City and get it signed uh, so we're chatting away to, to Isolde and some some I don't know what I was thinking but something sparked in my brain and before I knew it I was like in confession with Isolde Teague telling her about how I was in this knitting funk and I was actually um my knitting project in my bag was Sardar Smiley Stripes and I was just like I'm in Kathy's Knits which is like an emporium of um British yarn and ethnic and, and, and Indian eye loveliness and I'm confessing to his older Teague that I'm knitting with Sardar Smiley Stripes. Like, it's all right. And I mean, it is all right, but it's just, you know what, you want to be like the cool person. It's like, yeah, I'm knitting with this, you know, really kind of interesting yarn from some kind of exotic island in Micronesia, but I'm not. I'm knitting with, with Sardar's Finest. And <laughs> she was actually really funny about it. You know, it was, um, she was, I think, she must meet a lot of people and I think we were kind of sort of on, on the more normal end of the spectrum, um, if that's even possible. But we were talking that we're then going to go around the corner to the pub and start planning world domination, at which point his old ears pricked up massively. And I think she was fairly up for coming to the pub with us to find out what we were plotting, but, but we didn't actually invite her, which is a bit rude. But, you know, um, anyway... I will do the full postmortem for that uh, in Whipping Piccadilly and talk a bit more about those patterns and what's good and what's what's not so good about them. Um, but like I said, any tips that anyone has for breaking breaking free of the funk, um, which is is turning to the funk of forty thousand years, I'm not going to lie. I would really appreciate. I think a lot of people are going through this at the moment. I've heard other podcasters talk about it, and I don't know if it, some of it might be like a seasonal thing with it's summer and. You know, people don't go in yarn shops so much. Trade slows down for yarn shops at this time of year, etc. But, yeah, t- tips would be much appreciated. Um, otherwise, I- I- I've been attempting to turn, kind of take a bit of a step back from everything and just chill out and enjoy, enjoy time a little bit more. Which is, if you've heard me talking about the African approach, I'm going to take the African approach. Um, I heartily heartily recommend taking the African approach to things but not to your whipping problem whipping whipping problems your um your, your knitting funk problems because otherwise you'd never get anything done um but the African pro- African approach pretty much involves just just leaving it all just be like yeah whatever what what comes will come and just going to sleep under a tree in your front garden for three hours during the day that's the African approach um so if it's all getting a bit much I recommend trying that and it just gives you a bit of a chance to kind of take stock and reevaluate and let you see opportunities that are there but you can't see because you're too busy flailing your arms around and trying to make things happen which i do quite a lot but hey there we go i've realized i've been banging on a little bit for the introduction so what we will do is go on to the yarn shop review just realized that that last section was a pretty much a 20 minute stream of consciousness um i hope you managed to keep up with some of it um i think that's part of the problem when you don't um podcast for a little while is it all sort of comes out in one big kind of blurting mess but hey there we go 
The yarn shop review that I have for you this time then is of Be Inspired Fibres, which is a yarn shop in Marchmont in Edinburgh, and it is run by May, who is absolutely lovely. And it's again, I think it's a reasonably new yarn shop, and it's one of the yarn shops that's involved with the Indie Burr yarn crawl that I mentioned last time I podcasted. That will be taking place on the 21st of June and details for that can be found via the Ginger Twist Studios blog and I will link to that in the show notes. Um, We went to visit Be Inspired Fibres as part of our little kind of TGS yarn crawl that we did in Edinburgh back in April and it's the first time I've ever been there. We got on the bus from town to get there. I think you can walk, but it's it's about a 20-25 minute walk from town. Um, but it's a lovely kind of in a lovely kind of area with um big kind of green and stuff. Um, <clears throat> we uh, we were there on a Saturday afternoon, and it was just us in the shop when we got there. And what I liked about it was a lot of yarn shops, no matter where you go, seem to stock the same or very very similar stuff. And that was not the case with Be Inspired Fibers. There were a lot of brands there that I've not seen in other shops. I mean, there were some that you do see kind of everywhere. Um, but there were also a lot of things that you don't see in other shops. And I quite like that because it just gives you a bit more opportunity to be to be inspired. But um, to, to get inspiration from new yarns and different um, ways of, of looking at things, different samples that you see because they're carrying different yarns, for instance, um, than you will normally see in, in, in other places. Uh, she has a lot of different um, brands. She had a lot of Lotus yarns, which is a Chinese um, brand. And she also had a lot of Japanese knitting books as well. Quite a large collection of that. I know quite a few people are into Japanese knitting books. So, and she has loads in stock. She also had um, ITO yarns, which is, again, a Japanese um, company that does yarn. And in a lot of different sort of um, unusual sort of materials, really. The, the, some of the yarns have got like stainless steel in them and wool and silk and things. Um, she had a good selection of notions from Chowgu and I think Brittany was the other brand. She also had some really cool um, steel sort of it's like on a little cone it's it's by habu and you knit the steel yarn or the, the kind of like cotton i suppose in with your knitting and it can add structure and um a bit of a different kind of behavior of the material once you've knit with it you can also just knit it on its own and it, it becomes a really kind of structural textured piece too claire did pick some of that up to do a bit of experimentation with it i've not had a chance to ask her how she went on with that but there is a plan for her to come and guest on the podcast at some point soon, so I will make sure that when she does, we will will cover that when she, and what she thinks of that as a, a material for uh, for knitting. She also had um, some cascades. She had Malabrigo and uh, fiber spates, as I mentioned, because I picked up some of the fiber spates. There was some Soku in there, and she also had Navia, which um, is a Faroese wool. And uh, I've not had a chance to try it yet. Uh, it's uh, Faroese wool, but they blend it with Shetland wool and some Australian wool. And it did feel really, really nice. She's had some um, Navia sock yarn in. And I do think that's something I want to try in the future. 
definitely. Um, Service-wise, she was absolutely lovely. She spent ages chatting to us. It was just like going to kind of knit group and chatting to a friend. She was very, very friendly, very helpful. And I thought the name for the shop is very apt because I definitely came out with lots and lots of new ideas, which doesn't always happen when you go into a yarn shop, no matter how nice it is. It doesn't always have that effect, but Be Inspired definitely does. So I would say if you are in the area, I would definitely um, I'd put that on your list of places to visit. Purely um, because, because it is so lovely, great service and, and the range of, of stuff you find in there um, is really good for kind of inspiring you and giving you some ideas. So that was my review of Be Inspired Fibres, which is in Marchmont in Edinburgh. And I will link to their website, etc. on the show notes. So on to Whipping Piccadilly. Wow, yeah. I think I'm going to have to streamline this down a little bit after talking for so long in the intro, randomly. I think I might need to cut it down a little bit. So what I will do is start with my more successful works in progress. I don't think I have anything finished to tell you about. <clears throat> and um, and then what I might do is, is add a kind of aspirational project of what I would like to kind of get into next once I've cleared down some whips at the end. So the first whip that's going reasonably well is just a pair of ordinary um, vanilla socks. But I am trying out for the first time the Afterthought heel and I'm also trying out uh, knitting Magic Loop because I am diehard DPN girl. I really enjoy I just I really like using DPNs. I never tried any other methods. I started using DPNs and it worked and I liked it, so I stuck with it. But I actually really like Magic Loop now I've tried it. I saw Claire Divine doing it with um on the, the yarn shop visits that I talked about earlier in Edinburgh and she was knitting a skein of Mind the Gap sock yarn, which if you don't know about it, is um by Trailing Clouds of Glory, who's an indie dyer. And it is self-striping sock yarn based on the colours in the map of the London Underground. All the different lines are all represented in the colours. So it's pretty funky. And she was knitting away on, on that. Um, I, I since did procure a skein of it, I'm not going to lie to you. And um, it just looked that easy. She was just like rattling through it. And I'm, I'm sure I'm supposed when you're a sock supremo and you've written a book on socks, you probably can just rattle through it. But... It just looks a little bit less dangerous for travel knitting because if you lose one DPN, you're kind of screwed. You can't really lose your needles off your magic loop, so... And it's a bit less dangerous in terms of, like, snapping needles, etc. if they're in your handbag, so... I thought I would give that a try. I am knitting up a skein of sock yarn from the latest quarter of the TGS Club, which I can't tell you about yet because some people haven't received the yarn yet because it was only posted last week. So I will tell you about the yarn next time. Um but I'm knitting I'm trying it's the first time of trying Magic Loop and it's gonna be my first afterthought heel because afterthought heel lends itself to the patterning on the yarn that I'm using. Um I would definitely say that Magic Loop is gonna be featuring more in my future. Once I got the hang of it, I kept getting the um the working yarn tangled with the cable at first. Um, and putting it on instead of putting it over the top of the the needle when I went underneath to start knitting the next along the next line, I was putting it 
underneath instead so I was doing like an inadvertent yarn over almost um but I think I noticed that and then fixed it and it's been it's been really good since I'm about to start doing the toe on that and then obviously I will unpick the heel and do the afterthought heel or what I might do is I might knit the whole of the other one and then do both the heels together and then, then it's done then I'm definitely finding that in the projects that I'm doing if I'm just motoring along just doing stocking out or I'm just doing something dead easy I'm, I'm hammering through it it's when I've got to do stuff that involves fiddling around that the projects come to a crashing halt and quite at least two pairs of socks that I've got that are whips are only whips and not progressing because I'm at the point where I've got to do something else I'm not sure if that's another knitting disease that like fear of complicated itis perhaps um so but because you're just knitting the whole tube and then just doing the the decrease for the top there and I don't mind the decrease it's the fiddling around picking stuff up that I can't be bothered with at the moment so I will um I'll put a picture of that up once um I can kind of start showing the yarns more but if you've never tried magic loop before I would definitely recommend it if you're a DPN girl or boy um it's just a different way of doing it and it's, it is I do think it is a bit easier and like I said hazard wise it seems to be a bit safer than using DPNs all the time um, other socks I've got going on are still the ribble muster socks I'm at the point where I've knitted the heel flap and I need to start picking up all the stitches for the gusset and it's just not happening that's been knit in um, a trial club yarn from the golden skin which was a nurturing fibres dye uh, and the yarn's beautiful and the pattern's coming out really nice um, it's stocking up but it's got every eight stitches it's got a travelling kind of um, slip stitch that's, that goes around so it kind of swirls around you can't actually get the pattern on Ravelry anymore I'm not sure what's happened with it but you can't now download the pattern I don't know if people were asking her for help and she was just like I just wrote the pattern down don't ask me for help or what but you can't get it anymore luckily I've already printed it off so I'm fine um, there are some similar ones that you can get um, but you can't get that anymore then I've got a pair of monkey socks that I'm doing on DPNs uh, which I cast on since the last podcast I think at the encouragement mostly of Nick from Yarns on the Plane you know who you are um, who was just like yeah cast on cast on I was like we shouldn't I've got all these whips and I really do something on that no cast on there was someone else there as well I can't remember who it was someone else was definitely encouraging me to it wasn't just hair but still so I cast um, those monkey socks on in again it was nurturing fibers super twist sock wool in the colorway cape tone which was a limited edition one I think that was available through naturalyarns.co.za that I stacked up on before I left Africa and I had two balls of this and my plan was to make something for me and then something for my friend who came to visit me in Cape Town and then we'd be like matchy matchy so I decided I'd make some monkey socks I've never made any monkey socks and I'm northern so I'm a, a you know monkeys are a northern monkey etc I thought it'd be good and she's northern but she's from the wrong side of the Pennines she's from Hull it's never dull in Hull um, so there's a bit of, of rivalry because her parents are big Hulkingston Rovers fans and obviously I'm from Wigan and the whole rugby league thing um, anyway I decided that instead of having you remember those forever friends um, 
necklaces you used to get when you were young and it was like for you and your best mate and like you had it was two halves of a heart or whatever you and it's like you know best friends forever type thing and then they fit together and you know your best pals well i think we're a little bit old for that so what i thought we weren't old enough for was matching socks so i was going to knit a pair for her in the cape town colorway and a pair for me in the cape town colorway and they would be like our matchy matchy socks because um being northern she's also slightly tight so um she doesn't turn the heating on very high she just like buries herself under piles and piles of of blankets and things and she's always wearing really big fluffy socks so i thought she'll like it's because it'll be really nice and warm um but now she, she lives in the block and they never turn the uh never turn the heating on either so she'll be freezing so it was all going really well um, the pattern is very easy to memorize it comes out very nicely um, it lends itself quite well to variegated yarn um but i originally cast on the large size and it, it, it was enormous there'd have been like 80s leg warmers on her it was just massive so i had to rip it all out and start again which again is not helping with the funk because whenever i have to rip anything out i automatically get aggravated with it and throw it to one side like a petulant child so i then cast on the small size and i was a bit worried that the small size was going to be too small because she's a size six i'm a size five and I thought, I've paid for this pattern. I didn't just get the cheapy free one out of knitty. I paid for the pattern for the extra sizing. And it comes in small or large. And I want something in the middle. I want medium. So I was a bit aggravated, really, that there was only a small or a large. There was no just medium size. Because I don't know whether the small is going to be a little bit tight. Um, the pattern, do, do, when it's knitted up, the fabric is very stretchy. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. So I'm still kind of plodding my way through that one. I'm on the first sock. It was a birthday present for her. In a birthday was in April. So that's not happening, is it? <laughs> because she's coming to visit in about two weeks and I've got another gift that I've got to finish by then. Um, but I will I will see how they go. Um, what I might do on the next one is just be a bit of a bandit and change from DPNs to Magic Loop and see if it's any quicker. But I don't think it will be because because of the pattern repeats. It's very um, It lends itself very well to being on three needles. So we shall see. And then there's another sock project that's just hibernating, which was the Kebner Kaiser socks. Yes, that's right. I've still not even got to turning the heel on those. So let's just let's just ignore that. We'll move on. Um, the main project that I need to and really need to finish right now is um the Elsabee's Angel Shawl, which is um Guardian Angel pattern by Pink Hair Girl. And I've been working on that since the dawn of time. Since people started shearing sheep, I've been working on that pattern. And again, there's nothing wrong with the pattern. The yarn is lovely. It's, um, it was, again, nurturing fibres, uh, lace. It was, lace singles. Um, so it's very fine. Um, but I'm knitting on 3.75mm needles, which is bigger, I think, than I probably ought to be knitting on in that yarn but i'm doing it anyway because i'm a rebel and um i'm on the part where you do the cable you do like a kind of garter stitch body semicircular, and then you do a cable where you kind of you're knitting sideways on it then attaching the cable going round the bottom of the semicircle. and then after that you've got to pick up all the stitches for the lace edging now this was a present for my friend in africa that i started last year when i still lived in africa in the hope that i would finish it and give it to her before i left which clearly I haven't and my husband is actually going back there in a couple of weeks to go and do a handover and I want him to take it with him so then it's safe it won't get lost in the post 
and I'm about halfway around adding on the cable. And it's not difficult. The instructions in the pattern are really good. There's loads of photos and stuff, so you can see exactly what you're doing. Sally, who wrote the pattern, has helped me out loads already. But it's just, and it's going to sound really petty, but you're knitting six stitches, turn, pearl stitches, turn, 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 cable, turn, turn, turn. And it's just, it's a bit fiddly. It's not actually fiddly. It's not. I'm just, I'm just got this kind of aggravation that I just want to sit there and just, I guess it probably is stress. I just want to sit there and play through something and not have to turn the work and not have to do anything. And that's probably why I'm loving those um, socks rather than any of the other patterns but I've got to get it done so I've been making myself every night do a couple of things to get round it and I think once I get on the next bin it's a long rose again I'm going to be fine it's just these fiddly little it's not even this is going to sound really bad it's only the one every six you've got to do like a cable and it's that one row it's the cable row that's really aggravating me yeah I need to let go I think um moving swiftly on and I have Sammy's funk busting tank top, which is the Sirdar Smiley Stripes one. It's a pattern out of Hearts and Stripes, which is a book I bought when I first got back into knitting about four or five years ago, um, in a big way. And um, it's dead cute. It's just a little V-neck pullover, a little tank top, and it's um, the colourway is I think it's giddy green. It's called. It's greens and blues, and it's variegated and. The yarn is actually quite nice to work with. It's a bamboo and wool blend. It does felt, not felt, it does shrink. It Well, felt, yeah, felt is the word, isn't it? It does felt. Um, I know this because my mother-in-law knitted a cardigan for the beast and that accidentally got a bit washed, a bit hard by someone doing the washing, not me. And um, it's a bit, yeah, it's a bit tweaked now. So... Um, the only thing is with the, the fabric when it's knitted up the the smiley stripes the fabric's quite heavy um and it does pull a, li a little bit in the pattern do you know when it, it just kind of because it's quite heavy it, it, it pulls the stitches a bit so um i'm not sure how he's how he's gonna like that because it does feel heavy when it's on and i've knitted it in an age two to three and he's 17 months, but he's, he's properly diddy. He's, he's really small. <laughs> so, um, he's probably going to fit in when he's about five. It's the complete opposite of the beast. And like I said, I've got to the point, you knit the front um, in one piece. You knit the back in one piece. You add the shoulders together, pick up all the stitches for the neck, knit that. It's about eight rows. Knit the... Um, the rib edging as well for the shoulders and then you just quickly saw down the the inside of the seam sort of down the um from the armpit down to the bottom to the to the waist and then you're done and it's there's probably about three hours work left in it and it's just been it's just skimmed there that's it because i've got to pick something up now and it's fiddly and it's not going to go quick enough so so now i'm annoyed and i've just left it um, I mean, it is summer as well, so he's not going to wear it, not even in Scotland right now because it's too too thick and heavy. But while I was just knitting rows and rows of, of, of stockinette stitch or, and stocking stitch and a bit of rib, I was quite happy. So I think that is definitely a disease. Um, but it's, it is really quick, so it's ideal for kind of stuff that's going for autumn if you've got any little ones, just to kind of... You know, you can knock something up in a bit of DK. It doesn't take a, an awful lot of yarn. I think it's this is only about three balls. It's only like 150 
grams um you can knock it up and it's it's brilliant for just throwing on and off without them needing to have something really big and bulky because you get quite irritated when you put big bulky jumpers on on kids when they can't move um so i'm sure i'll finish it by autumn but the the, the pattern is good so we'll see how that goes on i think in terms of projects i'm gonna leave it there because a lot of the other stuff that i've got ongoing is just not going the next thing that i would really like to work on well i said just one i've got about 50 things queued up but i've got i've ordered some beads i want to do some beaded knitting because clearly that is not fiddly or annoying at all is it i'm complaining about picking up stitches for a neckband and then i've decided that i'm going to go and order 700 beads and do a beaded shawl i don't know what planet i'm on right now um but i want to try a boo knits shawl if you haven't seen them i will link to her patterns in the show notes but i'm sure you will have because she's always got at least one pattern in, on the first page of the pattern kind of search thing on ravelry and she does these shawls that are apparently really easy to knit um, but you block them out and they look amazing really kind of lacy and textural and lovely and they're full of beads and i want to do one of her shawls in the dye for yarn merino camel that i got um from the last club for the golden skin which was the tornado over london one because i think the really rustic-y um feel of the yarn the dye for yarn base versus the kind of like shininess of the beads and the kind of ornate really an intricate kind of look of the lace when it's done will be quite it'll work i think it'll just be quite nice be a bit of a kind of like oh wow where did you get that kind of piece and i can go well i knitted it oh in my case i'll just be wearing this this circular needle around my neck with just the cast on edge and half a row and like two or three beads sellotape to it and i'll just be like yes i'm halfway through knitting it but i've got some kind of weird knitting problem so <laughs> um so that's what i would like to do um i think the pattern i've got lined up is fragile heart um but again that could change as well and i ordered some mizuki beads and the triangular beads are quite big actually um which were the recommended beads to go with the pattern uh, when i start that i will let you know um how i think it's going on but that is my kind of aspirational pattern next once i've cleared down some of these whips i think anyway we're on 43 minutes so i think i will quickly skip on to um the pattern pick section which is very short and then we'll do a quick bit of news so the pattern pick this um episode is not really going to be a pattern pick as such i have decided to share with you an upcoming um book which was i was it was highlighted to me by uh, one of my listeners um dq knits on on ravelry and twitter and she um she sent me this link saying i've been i know she was updating a, a list for a, a amazon wish list and she somehow she came across this and she's like this needs to go on your christmas uh christmas knitting list so i was just like yep yep definitely so um yes this book is called wtf knits as in wtf you know what that stands for 
WTF Knits Weird Adventures in Wool. And the, on the front cover, there is a um, a cat wearing a balaclava that is also a, a shark. So its little face is sticking out and then the top of the balaclava has some little eyes and some teeth around the um, the face hole. And it's got a little, uh, little fin on there as well. And there are obviously several other WTF patterns in there. It's a book by Gabrielle Grillo and Lucy Sweet. And it is going to be released on October the 23rd, 2014. It's available for pre-order now if you would like to have a look at it. And I fully intend, as um, as a podcaster into weird patterns, uh, to email the... Um, <laughs> the publisher and see if they'll send me a book um to review for you because i think if if you're into that kind of thing and i suspect if you listen to my podcast you probably are um then i think it's knowledge that you need to have so (laughs) um gabrielle grillo is an author and she lives in bordeaux france and she likes to knit conventional stuff like scarves and cardigans she discovered the world of strange knits in 2010 and chose to start a tumblr about it Lucy Sweet is a writer and cartoonist who lives in Glasgow, Scotland. She contributes to websites and publications such as The Mirror, Parent Dish, Nick Mom and Glamour. She has written two novels. So yeah, they've obviously got together and, and made WTF Knits. I will link to it in the show notes and uh, get it on your Amazon wishlist. Why not? And like I said, I'll see if I can get them to send me a copy to review. I will shoehorn the next bit in um, with this as well in the hope that everyone who listens to the podcast does actually listen to the pattern picks. It's my favourite part. Um, But uh, I have a new podcast for you. It is a video podcast and especially considering a lot of the people that listen to this podcast do so because of the South African element. I think you'd be really interested to have a look at this one. It's brand new. It's just started and it is done by... Sally Cameron, who is Pink Hair Girl, who's been mentioned several times on the podcast. Um, She's a designer as well. She's a South African lady. She lives over in the Western Cape and she's just started a video podcast. She's going to be covering all the stuff of what she's knitting and things. She's got a very similar kind of storytelling sort of style to me but she can also give you the designer's aspect of things because she designs her own knitting patterns a lot of which are uh, inspired by South Africa the country the landscapes uh, the people she knows there and um, she's got a lovely way of telling stories she's a very very kind of warm person she's absolutely lovely she's helped me out loads with knitting patterns and things before as well which she doesn't have to do but she just does it because she's really nice and I definitely recommend, um, particularly if you like the South Africa aspect, um, which is now sadly lacking in my podcast, you can get your fix, your Safa fix uh, through there. I will link to her in the show notes. She's on episode two and um, definitely give her a listen because I think you'll really enjoy it. Well, that's all for this time. I hope you have enjoyed catching up with me and um, the slightly random and hectic nature of this episode is a little bit out of the ordinary. Not not too far out of the ordinary in all honesty, but a little bit. And um, thank you for indulging me and letting me get all that kind of stuff out of my head and, and across to you guys. 
Um, thank you very, very much for listening. I do appreciate it. And I really appreciate um, those of you also who take the time to um, to send me messages and things. I really love hearing from people. Um, so if you do feel like you want to send me some random message, don't be frightened. Just, just ping it across. It'll make my day. It always does. And uh, the podcast would, really wouldn't be here if nobody listened to it. So um, thank you very much for listening. I hope you all have a great week. And I hope to be back with you a lot sooner than I have been this time um, as things start to calm down over the next few weeks and have a lovely week happy crafting speak to you all again soon bye thank you for listening to the shiny bees podcast show notes for this episode can be found on the blog at www.shinybees.com Music used in this episode is by Adam and the Water Boys, and it's I Need a Drink, available by Music Alley. It's alright. <laughs>